Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. All right, now, what we want to talk about today is very important and this is the grand finale of our teaching series on the Holy Spirit. You see, a years ago, <laughs> I remember I was with a publisher and he said, what book would you like to write? I said, I would like to write a book on faith. And he said, everybody has written books on faith. What are you going to write? And I smiled because at the time I realized that very little had been written on faith. A lot had been written on miraculous faith, but very little had been said regarding saving faith. You see, a lot of people don't even know there's a difference. And so, many times in the body of Christ, we don't even know what to emphasize. We don't know what our emphasis should, should be. We don't know. Are you paying attention to what I'm saying? So, the same thing happens, you know, when you look at the popular teachings on the Holy Spirit. There are a lot of great teachings that have blessed me, you know, and I respect well, I remember years ago, just looking at an array of teachings, a smuggish board of teachings on the Holy Spirit, and thinking to myself, wow, we've said everything except the most important things. You can hear teachings on the Holy Spirit all your life without truly understanding what it means to you that the Holy Spirit resides in you. And so we've taken a whole month to address that theologically. First of all, if I have the Holy Spirit, it means I have God's seal of salvation. Say, I have God's seal of salvation. It means that I am genuinely authentically and irrevocably saved. Say loud, amen. amen. Because you see, a seal does two things for a product. Number one, it proves to you that that pro product is authentic. And if the Bible calls the Holy Spirit the seal, it means you will never need to doubt that someone who has the Holy Spirit is saved. Is that simple enough? But you see, a seal also protects the product from contamination. Protects the product from contamination. That's what seals do. So when a product is sealed, it is so that stuff from outside cannot get in. So the Holy Spirit doesn't just prove that we, that we are saved, he also preserves our salvation. Say loud, amen. amen. 
listen that's about the most important thing to know about the Holy Spirit because the entire Bible is a journey of God into the heart of man to have the Holy Spirit is so important it means you belong to God you're saved second it means that your desires are governed say my desires are governed Ezekiel prophesied about you he said God said that he will put his spirit in you and that spirit will cause you to walk in the statutes of God and that you will keep his judgments and do them so having the Holy Spirit means that my my what my desires are governed by the Lord I can now seek those things which are in heaven where Christ seated at the right hand of God you know why because I'm dead just by the Holy Spirit stepping into my heart I'm dead to sin and I'm alive to God that's the work of the Holy Spirit you, you know there's a theolo theological term for it is called sanctification the first one I mentioned is called justification the second one sanctification if I have the Holy Spirit I am justified if I have the Holy Spirit I am sanctified and then number three which is also very important Paul says if the spirit of him that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken vivify give life to your mortal bodies by the spirit that dwells in you he's telling you what he, he did for Jesus three days after he died he will do for you so now by the Holy Spirit, Spirit dwelling in me I have the hope of resurrection listen that's important no one ever told me that you mean the same agency by which Christ was raised resides in me oh now that's big that's big that's big because of the Holy Spirit after three days nobody needed to pray for Jesus hallelujah he came back and now that same spirit dwells in you oh that's big praise the name of Jesus he is my hope of resurrection he is my justification he is my sanctification he is my hope of resurrection and the next thing I want to talk about is this huh? when a man 
receives the Holy Spirit. <laughs> he is endowed with the possibilities of God to fulfill the purpose of God. Did you hear what I said? Listen, there are natural laws and there are spiritual laws. If God created time, it means he lives and exists outside time. So there are laws and principles and possibilities in his realm. And there are laws and principles and possibilities in our realm. So what happens when the Holy Spirit comes into the heart of a man? He brings the possibilities of God into that man's heart. Listen, if you have the Holy Spirit, you are empowered to do everything God has ever asked you, asked you to do. Oh, <laughs> listen to me. You see, a lot of people have heard this so many times. Heard this so many times. Don't know what to do with this information. It's a problem in the body of Christ. A lot of Christians are so powerful, yet so ineffective. It seems as if there's no evidence of power in your life, nothing supernatural happening. Never seen a vision, never heard from God, never, never, never. You know, they just hear these things in church and they're like, oh, that's nice. I wish it would happen to me, but it doesn't. And the question is, why? Praise the name of the Lord. Call this a minor deviation. I want to show you something. It's not a deviation. It's still on this topic. Turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 12. I just want to show you something briefly. Are you with me? Genesis chapter 12, verse 7. The Bible says, And the Lord appeared to Abraham, or Abram, and said unto him, Unto thy seed I will give this land. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord, who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence to a mountain on the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west, and Hay on the east, and there he builded an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. So now, Abram had one of the most significant encounters a man has ever had. And God revealed to him the salvation plan and said, in thee, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. 
Abraham responded with divine intelligence. No one taught him how to build an altar. But, but there was just something, you know. He knew I have to... He, he knew that I have to do something to mark this day and mark this encounter. There has to be a remembrance because what just happened to me must never be forgotten. He built an altar, honored God there. The Bible says he called upon the name of the Lord. <laughs> he did it and went. And then the breeze came. After one month, a stone fell off. After two months, two stones fell off. After three months, the altar continued to deteriorate until centuries later, his grandson named Jacob just happened to be walking around that same place. And he was walking and he was tired. And he saw what appeared to be stones, pieces of stones, not knowing it was the remains of the altar from his grandfather's encounter with the Lord. Are you following me? And he just drew one of the stones, put it. He was tired, he wanted to sleep. He laid down, put his head. <laughs> but as soon as he closed his eye, <laughs> something incredible happened. He saw the heavens opened and a ladder from heaven touching the earth. And angels ascending and descending on that ladder. And he woke up. You know what he said? He said, God is in this place and I knew it not. God is in this place and I, you know, I don't like to use you know, <laughs> but, but many times you can have such a powerful encounter with God, see many miracles in your life, and eventually forget who you are. By the time the winds of life and the trials of life begin to hit at you, then pieces of your altar of devotion begin to drop. <laughs> your prayer life begins to reduce. After a while, the fasting stops. After a while, until it comes to a point where all that is left of your devotion, your altar is just pieces of stone. And it looks like you are defeated. And you hear me say things like, you've got the power of the Holy Spirit in you. <laughs> and you're like, tell me something else. Hallelujah. The interesting thing is, the same thing God said when that altar was properly built was the same thing he said when it was just pieces of stone with, with Jacob lying on it. He still said the same thing. He said, this land I will give to you and your children. 
That's the paradox of Christianity. You see, God will always keep his word. And you might be so defeated in your devotion. <laughs> you know, the prayer, you are struggling. You know, but you still have power. Those pieces, you know, you know the, the encounter you had with God that changed your life that year and made you start praying one hour, one hour, you know, then two months later, it dropped to 30 minutes. You know what I'm talking about. Four months after, 15. After a while, thank you, Lord. <laughs> Plus Jesus, minus it. Hallelujah. The irony is, the day you choose to get serious, you will realize that the deposits of the power never left. Never left. Even if something that was sacred for Abraham became common for Jacob, the power of God will still never leave it. There are some people that have been deceived. They think God doesn't work miracles again. The irony is, <laughs> if they are believers, the Holy Spirit in them will still raise them up at the resurrection. So now, think about it. Somebody had the Holy Spirit throughout his life. Never healed a headache. Never did anything great. But that Holy Spirit was powerful enough to raise him up at the trump of God at the end of his life. Do you understand what I'm saying? How you can be so powerful and so ineffective. If you are not trained, if the truth is not emphasized, the altar will continue to deteriorate until it's just pieces on the floor and God's word is still on it. He didn't fail. You just got tired. What I'm saying is for someone here, you know what I'm saying. He didn't fail, you just got tired. The moment someone engaged that place, the glory of that encounter still manifested. Please, are you with me? Do you have the Holy Ghost? You are empowered to do Everything that God ever asked you to do. Say loud, amen. amen. I mean, think about people in the Old Testament. I can never get over it. How that someone who just encountered the Holy Spirit and start doing cool stuff. Think about it. In a vision of the night... God came to Solomon and said, ask me anything. And Solomon said, 
Well, I don't see myself qualified to rule over your people, Israel. Give me administrative wisdom so that I can rule them well. And God said, done. Follow closely. So the man woke up the next morning. He never had an MBA, no administrative training, but because of a divine encounter, are you with me? Something just began to operate in him that made him rule the people well. The nation became prosperous. There was not a single war in his tenure because of an encounter. Administrative wisdom. The Bible describes that everything about that kingdom was organized. When the queen of Sheba came, they said, even the way the, the servant stood amazed her. The way this, the table was served amazed her. And you're like, where, where did you get this training? Where did you school? And it's like, if I tell you, you won't believe. <laughs> Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm talking about supernatural ability. That no matter how simple a person is, if the Lord touches him, hey, hey, listen, it's not about the task. It's not about how big what he said you should do is. It's not about your physique. It's not about your IQ. <laughs> it's not about your background. If the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you, you are unstoppable. This is not motivational speech. This is power talk. Listen, he called light out of darkness. Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, he can literally start saying, let there be, let there be. Let them be. follow what I'm. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. The same one that hovered over the face of the deep at the beginning dwells in you. Ah, maybe you have been too familiar. Just maybe you've not thought about it well. You've not thought about it well. The one that dwells in me created everything outside. Maybe I've not thought about it well. Maybe, maybe I've not thought about it well. The force inside me is greater than the waves of the ocean, greater than the rays of the sun, greater. Are, are you following me? Maybe I need to meditate more. I, I, I just, I just need to tell you another story. Hallelujah. Let me read a text before I give you more examples. 
Isaiah chapter 40. The reason I'm telling you this is this. God is raising his people to fulfill his purpose in this day. And there is no other way you can do what he is asking you to do but by the Spirit. Some of you know what I'm saying. What God has asked you to do. There is no way humanly possible it can be done. <laughs> no way. But that's not a problem. You have the Holy Ghost. Why? What I'm teaching you works, so I don't know. I don't know. It. Are you paying attention? Secret of my life. Isaiah 40, verse 28. Has thou not known, has thou not heard that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainted not? Neither is weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He does not get tired. He does not get weary. He said, don't you know? Haven't you heard? <laughs> not only does he not get tired, does he not grow weary? Look at what he says next. He giveth power to the faint. Are you with me? Ah, he can empower you. Actually, he has empowered you. He giveth power to the faint. You know, I sat in front of a veteran minister. I was one year in ministry. And by the time we talked for 30 minutes, he looked at me and said, ah, you talk like you've been in ministry for 30 years. I can't count how many times older ministers have told me that. And they say things like, how did you... Some of those meetings, I can't share just out of humility. Because I'm just like, when an older minister you respect sits in front of you with a notepad and a pen. And he says, sorry, you just talk. And, and, and I'm talking and he's right, and he's weird, I'm feeling uncomfortable. And he said, please, no. Are you listening to me? He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increaseth strength. This is, this is how to talk about your God. This is vocabulary for your daily devotion. Hallelujah. Talk about him this way. Some people say, oh, I'm weak. <laughs> no power again. No, you know, 
Talk about him this way. He giveth power to the faint. To them that have no strength, he giveth, he increaseth strength. Hallelujah. Verse 30. It says, even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. Verse 31. But they that wait upon the Lord. Oh, glory to God. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. Is it possible to walk through this life and not run out of gas? Despite all the frustration around you, the tribulation around you, in this type of country, to not be frustrated, is it possible? Oh, it is. He said it is. He told you, even young men will be tired. He said, but if you wait upon the Lord, you will mount up with wings. Can I tell you something? The people who understand this dimension of God will always be humble. <laughs> you know why? <laughs> because it doesn't matter how far ahead someone is. One move of God on the chessboard. One move. You will be amazed. God can cause someone to mount up with wings. You will be amazed. Anybody who understands the power of God will treat people well. Will treat. Hallelujah. Someone told me a story. About a guy who used to play squash. You know squash? That useless game. <laughs> you are hitting ball at the wall. The wall will hit it back. You know. You know. <laughs> but the guy fresh from school tried everything. No job. So you have to pick a spot. <laughs> so, but there is there are also some. There are two types of people who pick spots. <laughs> the people who have no work. And the people who are so successful that they need to offload, you know, they will start learning foolish sports that don't, you know, golf. <laughs> have, you, have you seen people who can't play that thing, but they must just, they like it. They will wear the glove, they will, <laughs> you know. It's just money. Is it money behavior? <laughs> what business does a poor man have with golf? Does it, it, it doesn't go. Have you noticed? No matter how you try, you can't learn it. Too. You can't learn that sport until you blow. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> Hallelujah. But he was playing, and then so one man came and you know saw 
him playing and said, ah, you, you play very well. I would like you to teach me. So I have a court in my house. That's when you know that. <laughs> so I want you to come and teach me. So Baba was coming now. Normal <laughs> hustling behavior. Third Milan Bridge, his car overheat, was overheating. <laughs> so he had to park, cool, cool it down for a while. Started looking for pure water. You know, the man was calling him. <laughs> you know, eventually he drove into the man's compound. The man said, what kind of thing is this? You kept me waiting. The boy just started crying. He said, sir, I'm hungry. <laughs> he said, I'm frustrated. I've been working, you know, finished with a good grade, no job, nothing. So, man, I said, okay. See me at my office tomorrow. <coughs> Executive director, UAC Foods. So he said, um, we, I think this is what I'll do for you. I'll put you in charge of supplying flour. <laughs> By the way, when we're editing this sermon, edit the name of the company, all right? <laughs> you, you like to, the supply was about one billion per month. So, <laughs> you know, that's just, just to help him, you know. Please, where did this all start? From squash. Are you getting what I'm saying? Follow. <laughs> so the, the guy did his research. He discovered he could supply the same quantity with 200 million. The man said, ah, Allah shade you. Don't do pass yourself. He said, okay, put 800 million. Long and short, the guy was cashing out, maybe saving, maybe just saving maybe about 600 million every month. Just, mo just monthly. Just monthly. So, just imagine, just imagine you saw this guy just last month. Pay attention with his car. And you're like, chuckles. <laughs> you know? Car will get tuberculosis. <laughs> you know? And then the next month, praise the Lord. What I'm telling you about is a real concept. God can take someone from there and bring him. It, it won't take him time at all. He brags about it. He said, I bring men from a far country to execute my counsel. He brags about it from a far... I wish I had enough time to explain this. What I'm saying is not in my notes. 
Just think about it. You, you probably never thought about it. So, Joseph's brothers, at first they wanted to kill him. After a while, their conscience won't let them. They dropped him into um, a dry well to die. Just when they were going, coincidentally, at that same moment, slave traders were passing. You never thought about it. Think about it. Are you aware that single piece of occurrence changed everything? He would have died. Right at the moment they were thinking of what to do with him, slave traders were passing. And they were like, ah, if we kill him, we make no money. If we sell him, we kill two birds with a stone, he's gone forever and we make money. Are you following? Let's sell him. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. He can organize the coincidences in your life to push you to the place of purpose. That, sing, that single accident <laughs> or incident or whatever English you want to call it was what took Joseph to Egypt. A coincidence. Hallelujah. The way the thing turned out, is it not an example of what I'm saying? The person you try to kill is the prime minister of the world power at the time. And you are in his country, hopeless and without food. He can do anything to you and get away with it. Praise the Lord. Treat people well, though. I'm not, I'm not even joking. There is something about weak people being sidelined and being cheated that gets God to want to prove a point. He's called husband of the widows. Father of the orphans. He, he likes to defend the weak. Are you following? He gives strength to the weak. Oh my God. Time moves fast when you're having fun. Okay. Two more examples. We'll move on. Look at Exodus chapter 31. Creatives here, pay attention to what you're about to read. Exodus 31. Just look at the way God is talking. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, See, I have called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, and the son of Hor, out of the tribe of Judah. And I have filled him with the Spirit of God, in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge, and in all manner of what? So, because of the Spirit of God, this guy's craft improved. Hey, 
He learned the craft. He probably was hardworking. But now there was a divine touch to it. Do you know why I'm reading this to you? I'm opening your spirit to possibilities. I'm, I'm helping you see it can happen to you. In fact, it's meant to. It's meant to. Can people look around your life and see evidence of the hand of God? Ah, I know you. <laughs> your intelligence can never produce this. You. <laughs> you we are no for school. Wait till you finish with. Now you blow like this. Ah. <laughs> Please, are we together? All right. Let me just read the next three verses and I'll be on my way. It says, And in all manner of workmanship, to devise cunning works, to work in gold and in silver and in brass, and in cutting of stones to set them, and in carving of timber, to work in all manner of workmanship, and behold, I have given him, Aholia, the son of Amishama and of the tribe of Dan, the hearts of all the wise-hearted, I have put wisdom. Sorry, let me read that again. And in the heart of all the wise-hearted, I have put wisdom, that they may make all that I have commanded thee. So he said, I've put wisdom in their hearts. So that their craft <laughs> will improve. Say loud, amen. amen. You know, I sat with someone in Abuja, and then he opened a Facebook message I sent 2011. What happened? She sent me 1K credits. You know, later I remembered what happened. He sent me 1K credit and I wanted to thank him. So as I was saying, thank you, this was timely. I just got a prophetic word. So I began to type. And I said, the Lord said, in the dreams of the night, he will give you ideas. You know. And then a few years later, I had forgotten that. So he asked to take me to lunch. This wasn't long after his company was a Forbes-listed company. And he opened that message and showed me. He said, many of the ideas we run in our company come in the dream of the night. He said, I'm so used to it. I sleep with the book open and the biro inside. It's, it's normal now. Praise the Lord. Ah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you, are you, I don't know if you're learning anything. Say thank you, Jesus. Say my spirit is open to possibilities possibilities in God. 
Hallelujah. Listen, 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 listen. You can exceed your natural possibilities. You can exceed your natural capabilities. You can by the Spirit. You can. <laughs> Hallelujah. Naturally speaking, a man and a horse in a race, who will win? A man and a chariot in a race, who will win? A man and a chariot in a race, and the chariot starts five minutes before the man. Who will win? I, I said it that way so to paint a picture. So Elijah is praying. He sees a sign in the sky. The rain is going to fall. He tells his servant, go and tell Ahab to prepare his chariot and to move now so that the rain will not hinder him. And Ahab moves with his chariot. And then the Bible says, the hand of God came on Elijah. I oh God. <laughs> Follow closely. Oh. The hand of God came on Elijah and he ran. <laughs> I want to see the video in heaven. <laughs> I really want to. I want to see how the legs were moving. Have you seen all those cartoons? You know, where you won't see anything, you just see circle. <laughs> it must have been like that. A chariot that set out before you. He outran, you know, and just intercepted and. <laughs> hey! To the weak, he increased strength. Hallelujah. See, when the Lord says to do something, do it by the Spirit. Do it by the... Chart the course from where you are from, to where he says you should, you should go by the Spirit. November will make it seven years Celebration Church was founded. Seven years. I think I know a bit of what I'm saying. Just a little. Hallelujah. You have tried with your wisdom. It's time to do it. How? You know, so the Lord tells Abraham, leave your kindred, go to a place that I will show you. <laughs> you know. So now he has shown you visions. 
and you just allow him plot the graph. It's a life of consistent sensitivity. It's possible. You were destined to live that life. Please, are you with me? You are capable of living that life. It's possible to pick the right friends, marry the right person, do the right thing at the right time. You, you know? You know, I, I was at the minister's conference, so I was done talking, and I sat, so they were asking questions. And so someone picked the mic and said, Sir, you don't look like you have gone through anything in life. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> you don't look like you've gone through anything in life. So how can someone like me do the will of God? You know, and I discovered, you know, from some sources that a lot of people actually think I'm from a very wealthy home. I, I was flattered. <laughs> Seriously. I, I mean, it's a popular narrative out there that my parents will say, uh, so what, what do you want to do now? Abuja, which hall do you want to use? Take 10 million, you know? <laughs> oh, God. You know, and it just tells you how people are when they see something big, they make excuses in their mind. They excuse it away. Hallelujah. I'm from a humble home. No shame. My, my parents are not poor. Do you understand? They are not even struggling. <laughs> but I doubt that my entire family put together can sponsor what we do in this ministry. Next year, we'll be paying 30 million in rent. Did you hear what I said? <laughs> I mean, I'm not talking about our annual expenditure. I'm talking about what? Hallelujah. <laughs> Slightly above 33 <laughs> So listen to what I'm telling you. She giveth strength to the weak. Oh, say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So, well, time is just rushing. <laughs> I don't know where time is rushing to. So let me try to bring this to a close. Two things you have to learn. You have to learn to be conscious of your divine assignment. And be conscious of 
of what you can accomplish by the power of the Spirit. The reason why I wish I had enough time to talk about this, you need to learn about the operations of the Spirit of God. You need to learn about it. A lot of people don't even understand prophecy, how prophecy works. Hey, God help me. Let me give you an example. So, David was on his own, taking care of sheep. A prophet comes to his house. The Lord said, the next king is in this house. He examines all his broad-chested brothers. The Lord said, none of them. They send for David. Oil drops on his head. He's the next king. The king anoints him, turns his back, and walks away. Do you know that that's where many of you are now? You are anointed, but how do you navigate your way from someone who is empowered for this task to someone who is actually in the palace doing the task? A lot of people don't understand how. Because they think because they are anointed, the angels will just carry them straight to the palace. See? So shift, shift, shift. Do you know what the anointing begins to do? It puts on you a sense of responsibility. You become jealous for the things of God. Your passion is heightened. You know, before you just hear, oh, something happened to this church in the East. You know, and you're just like, huh, this country. But now you're in tears. Are you paying attention? So this is what the anointing did for David. When he was walking past and he heard Goliath, he couldn't take it. That was the anointing at work. It is your passion that will create the opportunity for the fulfillment of prophecy. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you don't learn this one, you will keep wondering why I'm receiving prophecy and it's not, you know. The anointing will produce a passion, a sense of responsibility. And that's why you have, to be an, you have to be assignment conscious. Can I tell you something? The power is for the work. And so if you don't care about the work, don't be surprised. You are not seeing much of the supernatural in your life. No surprise. You don't have work to do. Are you getting what I'm saying now? If the passion doesn't drive you to Goliath, how are you going to prove the anointing? How will anyone know? So like Nehemiah, your country is being destroyed, but at least you, you have a job. You're working in the palace. You are the king's butler. But when they brought news to you that the wall of Jerusalem has been destroyed and that the gates are blazed, you know what he did? He sat on the floor and started crying. Listen, it is passion like this. Hallelujah. If they show you tapes of when I was growing in the Lord, you will not be surprised.
Did you hear what I said? You will not be surprised. In a congregation like this, you will pick me out easily. In the worship, I, it, Hallelujah. So what, what, what happens is, the Bible says, he walks in you both to will and to do. He walks in you to will and to do. And the moment you, you allow the Lord to continue to walk on your emotions that way, uh, you know, the next thing that will happen is you will just find yourself in a room. You are hungry to work for God. And in that room, God is asking, who will? He sees you. Well, he's asking above your head, who will go for us? Who will? <laughs> That's how he does. From school days, I was, I was like, Uncle I, like, send me. What do you want me? Should I drop out? You know, don't do that to <laughs> Go. I, was, I was like, what? where should I go? How high should I jump? Where should I travel to? Iraq? Mention it. Hallelujah. If you don't have that sense of responsibility, you know, where God can say, I know Abraham. There are things God knows about people. And these are the things that influence the responsibilities he bestows on you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Maybe you have been in this church for three years now. You have, ne you have never lifted a chair to help. Never. That's not how. That's not how. You start serving. Praise the Lord. Someone said, if you are waiting, maybe waiting for a miracle, waiting for anything, you do what waiters do and serve. Hallelujah. Serve. What I just told you is very important. So you have a sense of responsibility. So now, mind you, there are different dimensions to what I'm talking about. We all have the responsibility to go into the world, teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. You know, but I've told you time and again, when God wanted to spread the message of Christ beyond Jerusalem, he picked professionals. Very interesting. Look at the Ethiopian eunuch, a treasurer. Look at Cornelius, a soldier. I, are you following? Uh, that's, that's how he does. And so now you are a media person. If you don't understand how important your role is at a time like this, 
where a lady is excommunicated or disqualified from a reality TV show because she is rude and someone awards her 50 million. If that doesn't break your heart, maybe there's no heart at all. Hallelujah. So listen. Pay attention. By the time things like that start moving your heart, what you will notice is divine ideas will begin to come. Divine ideas will begin to come. So I, I didn't understand when I was young in the Lord, you know, I would watch something on TV. A preacher would say something very off. I would start crying. There was a particular day I entered the room, locked the door, and started kicking things. I've never done that in my life or anything. But the sermon, I can't tell you. <laughs> I was pushing things down. God, why? You know? It is, it is secret passions like that that creep, make... Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. That produce creative power and creative opportunities. Are you getting what I'm saying? So, investigate the passions in your life. The divine passions. Give them expression. Pray about it more. What you will see is this. Ideas will come. And then you will start meeting people. Who are in a position... To help you in that area. Some of you already know what I'm talking about. You will just discover that you, you start meeting someone who knows about it. Or who knows somebody who knows about it. Your network is increasing. You, 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 you just can't understand. By supernatural coincidences. Open your heart to the spirit of God. It has to come from a sense of responsibility. God. Why? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? It, 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 some things have to irk you for God to use you. Hallelujah. And then next, be conscious of what you're capable of in the Spirit of God. If all you have is the spirit, all you have is enough. I tell you the truth and I lie not. If all you have is the spirit, all you have. Don't forget, in the beginning, there was darkness, there was void, there was nothing and then the Spirit of God moved. <laughs> In fact, the one that got me is when he said, let dry land appear. Ah, ah. Like that? <laughs> Just shifting. He said, shift the ocean this way. Let dry land appear. Let birds appear. Ah, ah. 
by the Spirit. Is something stirring up inside you? Yeah. It is not allowed for God to clearly tell you to do something and you wanted to do it but you couldn't do it. It's not allowed. It's not possible. It shouldn't happen. You have a currency in the Holy Ghost. Everything God requires of you to be done can be done by the Spirit. Did you hear what I said, please? I told you the last time I was here, Jesus was so much above lack in his earthly ministry that he could focus. You know, he used his dominion over stuff to bring Peter into ministry. Peter, the professional fisherman, had been toiling, 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 you know. And he just said, put your net here. <laughs> Peter did it out of respect. He said, first of all, I'm a fisherman, you're a carpenter. Or at least the son of a carpenter. Then I've been toiling all night. He said, he said less yet at your word. Let it not be as if, you understand? He just dropped it. And then all of a sudden, you don't understand how can you drop a net in a place that you have been fishing all night and all of a sudden there's a great catch? That means all the fish started running there. That's what happened. If there was no fish and all of a sudden your net is breaking, it means the moment you put the net, all of them started running. It was a race. <laughs> they started calling for help. Help us, help us, you know. And Peter was so scared of Jesus. He said, please, go away. I'm not. <laughs> and Jesus said, don't worry. From today, you will catch men. Meaning, I just did this to show you you can be so much above this that you can focus on souls. Hallelujah. It's a mentality in ministry that needs can be so covered that I can focus on what really counts. So, see, the argument about Jesus being rich, Jesus being poor, is very foolish. Very, very foolish. Do you understand? Because Jesus lived a life of purpose. Clearly. I've told you before, if you wanted to be the richest in the world, in fact, in history, easily. Do you know what it means? If you, if you were a business investor, Find a man that can turn water to wine. 
what will you do? You will, if not for the Lord, it's like you will kidnap him. <laughs> Sorry, sir, but I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> I mean, all the other winemakers are out of business because do you know how rigorous the process is to make wine? The kind of materials you need, ingredients and all of that, and then someone with words. <laughs> I don't know. Picture what I'm saying. Picture what I'm saying. That something of no value, they just fetched it from the river. Eh? Let's talk in economic terms. You carry a baler. You bail water from the river. What is the worth of that water? Don't forget, everybody has access to that river. Then you take it to Jesus. Welcome to the prolific teaching ministry of Pastor Emmanuel Iren, lead pastor of Celebration Church International. It is his vision to partner with you for your progress and joy in the faith. Ready, set, grow. Hallelujah. So listen. Thank you, Lord. Let me see if you understand this. There are two ideas. There are some people. <laughs> who can't see themselves driving a Rolls Royce because, ah, it's a Rolls Royce. You get that? And then there are others who recognize, first of all, it doesn't matter the brand and the hype outside. When it all comes down to it, a human mind like mine produced this car. Nothing a human being produced is bigger than me. Hold on, I'm heading somewhere. But I have such a sense of purpose, such a security in purpose, that I don't have to drive flashy stuff to feel important. So one doesn't want to drive it because it's too big. The other one can afford not to drive it because he is bigger than it. Do you understand? It's a different mentality altogether. A different mentality. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, the same Jesus who won't turn stone to bread, will multiply five loaves and two fish to feed 5,000 and do it twice. Understand, it's about purpose. It's about the assignment. Do you get what I'm saying? 
The miraculous power is not to enrich yourself. It's to serve the purpose of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? But when it comes to divine purpose, oh, I shouldn't be resisted. I shouldn't say, oh, this is what God said I should do, but I can't do it. It's not possible. It shouldn't happen. Are you getting what I'm saying? Shouldn't happen. Open your mind to divine possibilities. Because to the weak, he increases strength. Hallelujah. I personally, I don't really give young ministers advice again. How did you do it? I don't answer questions like that. Hallelujah. Because even if I give you the exact procedure, you might not arrive at the same outcome. The reason is, I did it by the Spirit. I tell you the truth and I lie not. I did it how? So if you don't know how to go from here to here, Wait. Wait. Listen, from day one in the ministry, I had an idea of how God was going to navigate us through. I had an idea. I knew. Praise the name of Jesus. Spend time with the Spirit of God. Let Him empower you. Let Him show you things. Let him work on your mind. Let him give you ideas. Let him empower you. Hallelujah. If you're here and you have a call to the ministry, like me, you know, fresh from school, and the Lord, you know, when the Lord is talking, he talks on his own level. He doesn't understand your own limitations in your mind that, sir, I just went from school, though. Okay, where is the money going to come from? Where is it? He's just telling you, go to the world, preach the gospel to nations, take over. You know, that's how he's talking. Hallelujah. And you can never really walk with God until both of you have the same currency. You agree on the same currency. Because he expects you to do it by the Spirit. That's why he's talking like that. How can you take a man who has no child in the night, say, look at the stars, count. That's how many children I'll give you. That's how God talks. Some of you, what he has asked you to do, that's a perfect example. <laughs> like, there is no evidence in my life now. And you're saying, all of this, <laughs> as far as your eyes can see. Hallelujah. And you know what you say? Yes, sir. By the Spirit, it will be done. Are you ready? Rise to your feet. Thank you for listening. We are sure that you have been blessed. For inquiries, reach us on our helpline 0809 996 7,000 Blessings